welcome to another episode of Duke Pod, and today we're bringing you an extra special episode because we have our good friend Mike Penny from GMP Properties here, a property manager, a specialist in tenant acquisition, going to be talking to us all the great things about how to acquire a tenant and property management. And welcome to the show, Mike. Thank you, Philippe. I appreciate the time. <laughs> how you doing? How's uh, How was 2020 for you and the family? Um, 2020 was, uh, good in one sense. Um, I think everybody found it pretty difficult. Um, but business wise, we were extremely busy. Um, you know, from a property management side, um, you know, we had to deal with, um, a government telling tenants that they didn't have to pay and, uh, um, banks telling owners that they most certainly did have to pay. So um, it was uh, it was a difficult year for that, but we made out uh, pretty good um, out of the hundred doors that we have. Um, we've got uh, two tenants actually that we are in um, in uh, uh, process of eviction. So we got everybody else paying, um, you know, we, we worked real hard with uh, with the tenant base just to kind of um, open up dialogue right away, get lines of communi- communication going right away, you know, treat people like humans just so that uh, they can understand that, you know, what the expectations are and, and uh, you know, just remind them that even though the government says they don't have to pay, eventually they do. So, you know, just keeping people in front of that and and not not a acquiring this massive debt load that can never be repaid. So um, it was, uh, it was, it was, uh, it was a good year for business. Um, the family kids struggled a little bit with, um, with uh, school. I think I had my son graduate from high school in, uh, in that, uh, in that uh, time. So, you know, he, uh, no prom. Yeah, no prom. Uh, you know, uh, that's actually, yeah, he came back from, uh, from, well, he didn't ever come back, but he went to come back from break and uh, you know, never did and you know the teachers didn't really make that and there's nothing on the teachers that you know everybody didn't know what was going on but you know he basically spent his uh last semester of grade 12 kicking his heels up sitting in the house you know so it was uh it was difficult for him but um he, he made it through really well sick good i'm happy to hear and of course you got married congratulations I did get married. Thank you. We were supposed to be in Italy, another COVID uh, surprise, um, but uh, we ended up uh, changing it up and we got married in Toronto. So it was lovely. Um, yeah, we got, uh, uh, then we uh, we headed out to BC. My uh, my wife had never been out there. So um, uh, went up to Whistler, um, you know, uh, went out to, uh, to the vineyards, um, you know, had to spend some time in Vancouver. It was excellent. Great trip. Cool. Amazing. Well, congratulations. And you know what? I have lots of friends that still have not been able to get married. So I feel like that's an accomplishment by itself, right? Two weeks after our marriage, they shut Toronto down. So like we got under that one, you know, just, just in time. So it was, um, you know, it was, uh, in the restaurant we did it in, they were pros, they kept everybody safe. Um, you know, it was, it was a good time. Good. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I saw some pictures. You guys all looked fantastic. Thank you. Easily. You guys both look like you're 25. <laughs> I'll, I'll take, I'll take that. Already <laughs> um, yeah, actually. So you mentioned some fascinating stuff about, um, you know, how you guys had to handle 2020 and we're going to get into that. Uh, but uh, tell me a little bit about GMP properties, how long you guys have been working, um, you know, you mentioned the hundred doors, but tell me a little bit of how you guys got started and a little history of the company. Yeah, for sure. Um, so GMP Properties, in its essence that it is today, has been around for seven years. Um, it was an evolution. My brother opened this company 
about 15 years ago, um, how he and I got started in this is um, we were owners of rental units. And um, at the time, this is, you know, before internet marketing and, you know, um, SEO and Google ad clicks and everything where, you know, there, there wasn't a lot of easy ways to find people. So my brother thought at the time, well, why don't I just, you know, put a website together. If people need my services, I'm already doing it for myself. Right. Um, so he did that. And lo and behold, he started getting hits from people who needed this kind of service. Um, so just to kind of back it up, we're a residential property manager. Uh, we specialize in uh, single family homes, small multiplexes. So we really get into a piece of business, especially in, in the Halton area that not a lot of people do. So, um, you know, it was, uh, there was a lot of need in the market for, for what our services were. Um, about seven years ago, um, my brother was looking to transition out of the business. I was looking actually to, um, to get out of the corporate world and, uh, and uh, um, kind of get my retirement business, what I could build for, for retirement. So um, my brother had, uh, and I had spoke and he wanted to sell me the business. I wanted to buy it, but I'd never done property management before and, and was not really, you know, and I didn't have any skill set for it um, other than my own, you know, uh, experience in, in, uh, in real estate. So I said to him, give me six months, teach me the business. If at the end of six months, everything is what you say, I'll buy the second half. So he said, yep, yeah, okay, that's great. We drew up an agreement, I bought half of the, the, uh, the um, um, company. And uh, we went through all of the, we, we split up the, uh, the workload. Um, he, ha he handled, we, we took a look at what our strengths were. We look at, took a look at what our weaknesses were. Um, he really excels on the operational side. He excels dealing with tenants. Um, what he didn't like was, you know, the customer side, um, you know, keeping uh, the customers up to date, um, you know, the communication level that that owners have an expectation for. He struggled with that. So I came in and I took over that piece. Um, so we got to that six months marker and, and I came back to him and I said, uh, OK, you know, everything's what you said. So let's go. I'll buy the second half. And he said, well, you know what? Now that you do that part, that was what I didn't like about the business. So we agreed to uh, maintain our partnership and, uh, and we've been flourishing uh, ever since. Um, it's funny, from those times, I think we only have two clients left from that, that previous age to kind of where we are now. But um, what we did versus how we run now is, is, is a lot different. So, um, you know, we brought systems in, um, high levels of communication, high levels of, um, you know, keeping track um, of tenants, where they are, payments, et cetera, et cetera. So um, we've, we've really, really uh, uh, revamped that business because the way it was uh, built on spreadsheets, it was difficult to, to uh, grow, grow, grow. So now we are in a place where, you know, we can handle, um, I won't call it unlimited growth, but a lot, of, a lot more growth than where we are. Awesome. Congratulations on that. Uh, seven good years. So you worked with your brother for seven years in a business and you guys are still friends after all that. <laughs> we are. Um, you know, it's a, it's a good point. Um, we sat down right at the beginning and really we, we wrote down what we saw as each other's weaknesses and, uh, and we kind of hashed it out right at the beginning. And, and now we kind of just keep each other to task, you know, um, 
so uh, it's been it's been successful. You know, um, now part of that success is uh, we take pieces of the business that we each don't like. So um, it's easy to have a partner who takes care of a side of the business. I won't say I don't like it, and I won't say he won't like it, but we have we have strengths that that move to a certain part of the business. And and so when when you have a strength and you're allowed to excel at that strength, it, it, you know, it makes it an, an easy partnership. Right. Well, you know what? That's really, in essence, how to manage a business correctly, right? Is to delegate and make things very clear. And obviously the biggest strengths, right? So uh, excellent. Uh, I'm happy for you and your brother. Uh, so will there be like 200 doors down the road? Um, yeah, we're hoping. Um, so we right now, let me talk a little bit about my geography, if you don't mind. Yeah. Uh, we kind of, um, we've split our, our business almost. And, and what happened was um, primarily we were involved in Brampton and Mississauga. Those were our two biggest areas. Um, we've kind of moved a little more into the Halton area. So Burlington, Oakville, Milton, Georgetown. Um, the markets are really strong there for rentals. Markets are really strong for rent. Um, it was an area that I was very familiar with from a real estate standpoint. So, so we moved the business kind of that way as an evolution of marketing. Um, but what we found is, um, and we love it, it's, it's, it's the, the hub of our, our business currently. But what we found was um, when we had clients coming to us and saying, hey, we want to expand our portfolio. What do you guys recommend? Um, you know, buying in those areas is difficult. It's, it's uh, difficult to show a positive return. So um, if you want uh, um, uh, an investment based on appreciation, it's a great market. You know, appreciates at a, an crazy levels okay right but if um if cash flow is something that you're interested in um you're going to struggle with a with the cash flow in that market even with the rents as they are um so we started getting into barry in simcoe county and then you know specifically into barry because we could do things in barry that we used to be able to do in places like georgetown you know um pick up bungalows, turn them into du du duplexes, um, you know, pick up duplexes, turn them into triplexes. Um, prices are, were at the time, very great, uh, still good enough to, to, to create um, positive cash flow. So we expanded up here, I'm going to say about four years ago, um, uh, just for that, for that reason, because, you know, the Halton market just went went out of control in, in pricing. So um, we've been very successful up here and this is an area that we are looking to to grow. And in fact, I'm, I'm in discussions with a couple of uh, companies right now to potentially acquire somebody up in this market to strengthen our foothold. Wow, okay, well, keep us in a loop there. Um, so what are the, I think one of the most important aspects that people always ask me, because I work in real estate, you also dabble in real estate, uh, we help people find investments is how do you find a good tenant? So why don't you take us through how you would help someone find a good tenant? So, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head, Philippe, and you know, the most important job that I have in my whole process is tenant selection. Okay? Um, it, it, once we get a good tenant in place, um, the property moves along well, uh, you know, hopefully you get somebody who takes care of the property. Hopefully you get somebody invested in, in keeping the property, uh, you know, having good upkeep, keeping the curb appeal there. 
Um, that keeps neighbors off your back. That keeps the city off of your back. You know, all these good things happen um, with a good tenant, uh, you know, who gets put in place. When you get a tad bad tenant, I apologize, bad tenant uh, put in place, uh, you, you know, it becomes a struggle and you're in that property on a consistent basis. Um, it's, you know, very uh, costly for the organization, um, you know, we find damage, we find, you know, ridiculous things happening in, in, uh, in the property that, that just take up our time and, 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 uh, you know, we're here to, to guard on our, uh, on our owner's investments. So, um, yeah, it got, that is the, the start of our building block and the most important foundation for, for the relationship. So, um, from our, from our process, uh, we have a four part process. Um, we find it works very well. Uh, last year, I uh, evicted two tenants. Um, sorry, we'll call it uh, 2019. I evicted two tenants. As 2020, we evicted nobody. Um, but in 2019, we evicted two tenants. Both of those tenants were not tenants that we placed in properties. They were tenants that we had inherited on properties that we took over. So, um, you know, we see one to two percent uh, eviction rate on a yearly basis, and. Uh, part of the reason is um, our process. So uh, just to kind of high level, take you through it. We have, uh, like I said, a four part process. Um, two of those parts are uh, interviews. Okay. Um, so before the tenant even walks into uh, the property, we do a pre um, uh, visit in um, uh, questionnaire with them. Uh, what we're really looking for in that is to make sure that the tenant can even support that property. We get people all the time, you know, odd rent, $3,500 rent, tenants making $1,500, uh, you know, uh, uh, um, you know, a paycheck. So, you know, it's like you, you understand the math, right? The math doesn't doesn't work at all, you know, and and so, um, you know, we want to really understand that tenant before they walk in the door and, and don't waste time with them or us if the tenant can't support that property. And that's really important with our single family residences, because quite often, you know, tenants get way beyond their capacity because they don't understand things like utilities, you know, and, you know, uh, um, you know, those have to be paid. So when the tenant doesn't pay them, everything comes back to the owners. So um, you got to be real careful with that. So we're, we're, we're starting to build a framework of, of the knowledge about this tenant. Um, and it's going to work itself right through our process. So um, that's step one is, is the, uh, the pre um, visit. Um, your, your, your interview or your questionnaire, do you do it over the phone or do yeah. you send them like a document? Okay. No, over the phone um, and we try to do a casual so that they don't feel like, you know, you're, they're getting bombarded with questions. It's kind of like, Oh, and this and that and this and, and uh, my booker, she's uh, a little, a nice little old lady. And, and uh, you know, she makes it sound like, you know, they're, they're, you know, being friends and, and she's just, you know, coordinating this action, but really it's building our framework. Um, we want to start a baseline of information that we can cross check as we move through the process. So step number two will be um, the actual visit and the second interview, which gets done by one of my property managers. Um, they'll go through, uh, you know, like I said, once again, just a conversation um, where the tenant doesn't really, you know, it's not like we sit down and go, question one is this, question two is this, it's just dialogue. And then the property manager comes out, fills out all the 
answers to our questions um, and then takes that back. Um, from there, what we're looking for is we're looking for differences in the answers that we got on the first one versus mm. the second one. Okay. If we get one thing that doesn't match, we just flush them. So we don't wow. call them. We don't we do not pass go. Um, you know, we're, 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 we're not looking to trip people up, but certainly when you're lying about things, you know, sometimes you forget what that lie was. Right. So, um, then we take both of those questionnaires, um, and we have them fill out an application application process. Uh, from there, um, what we're looking for is, um, uh, two past, um, landlords. Uh, the reason why we go to too deep is, if you've got a landlord right now and you're a problem, they're going to tell me you are the best tenant ever. Oh, I'm so sorry to see them go. I wish they could stay forever. I wish everybody was like that. Take them, take them, take them, take them, you know. Um, but if I go too deep, guy two ago, he's got no vested interest in this. He's going to tell right. me, that, you know, like um, they said they didn't have a dog the day they moved in at four. You know, um, holes in the walls, destroyed this, did that, didn't pay this, you know, um, they'll tell us the real story. And if I get a tenant that I know has been in a property for, you know, or been in multiple properties um, and they can't give me two, uh, two landlords references, flush them again. Don't even don't even worry about it. Just move along. Okay? What happens if you uh, if that person is trying to lease for the first time, like they don't have any landlords, for example? So, it's a it's a good question and it happens you know we get kids who are living with their parents um you know this is their first time out you obviously have to gauge that um with uh with a little bit of um you know what this person's work history was where were they you know these things will will paint a picture for you if you've got a 35 year old uh um guy who who is uh you know um uh, just coming off of a one-year lease and can't tell you where he lived when he was 33 that's a problem you know, um, <laughs> you know, like, so you can use some common sense in this as well. Um, but which one, references would you ask for in the, in the situation where they're like, they're either immigrants or like young kids just trying to get their first place. What references would you try to ask for? Young kids are a little easier because usually we can put a little bit of pressure on them to get a co-signer. Um, co-signers for us are, you know, gold. It's generally their parents. Their parents aren't going to put their credit in jeopardy for, $1,500 of rent, you know? Um, so, so from that standpoint, um, you know, that's what you're looking for from an immigrant standpoint, you're trying to talk to people in the community that, you know, may or may not know them, may have sponsored them in, um, you're looking for job, uh, you know, security, um, you know, what their education is, what their plans are, stuff like that. Immigrants are a little bit more difficult, um, but we do them all the time. You know, you right. just got to do your diligence. Um, and that comes to, to our third step is, you know, when we're, or sorry, our fourth step, after we get the application, after we cut the credit, um, after we get all of the paperwork involved, then we check it all. Okay? We go through fine tooth comb. Um, you know, when they give me a landlord, um, uh, we check to make sure that that landlord is actually the person who owned the property. Okay. Cause you know, they say, Hey, my buddy, Philippe, he was my landlord, uh, you know, two ago, uh, you know, Hey Philippe, when they call tell them I was a good tenant, you know? Um, so, <laughs> so you actually look up the name and see if they're associated with the address. Absolutely. We'll check the public record. 
Excellent. And, and you know, for, it's, Philippe, as you know, as a realtor, super easy to do. Um, right. You know, um, and, you know, for people who are trying to do this at home, this is easy for your property managers to do. This is easy for, for the people you put in play. And that's why you put professionals in play because um, they go through those those steps, steps that, you know, the regular public doesn't either understand. The information is available to anybody. Um, you know, but they don't understand how to access it. So, um, you know, we're checking to make sure that what we're being told is the right answer. Whenever I read about, you know, tenant fraud or, you know, these horror stories of, of people getting in, it comes from a fake credit application right. and, and fake references every single time. So, you know, that's why it's important you run your own credit. Um, that's why it's important you go through the steps and make sure the people you are talking to are the, are the people you think you're talking to. So you run their credit by yourself? Yeah. Yes. So that you can, uh, you can see their name and everything and all their history, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think with credit checks, people don't understand is like there's a score, but there's also an amount of money that they owe on like various credit cards and different stuff that could also be a flag, a red flag if they don't have, if they even have good credit. You're looking, you're, you're exactly right. You know, you're looking for the math, you know, can they, you know, at the very baseline, the biggest thing we're looking for is them to make these rental payments month to month, them to make utility payments month to month. So can they afford it? You know, um, uh, so, you know, credit score to me, I wish I got people coming in with seven fifties all the time. I don't. <laughs> um, so you're looking for, you're looking to read through that credit and, um, we don't use a number. We kind of try to evaluate the, the credit on what it is. We're looking for non-payment and, you know, never catching that payment. Uh, it's funny. It used to be cell phones. Cell phones were credit killers. Okay. Um, every tenant, <laughs> every tenant had a FIDO hack on, on their, uh, on their uh, uh, credit. Now it's payday loans. And, uh, you know, I see it on I'll bet you 50% of like my, my lower income stuff, not, not my high income stuff. Um, but, uh, you know, we have all kinds, right. right. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, payday loans and these predatory, you know, companies that, that, that lend people money. And it's like, not one I'll see, I, I swear, I'll see somebody's credit with like four different payday loan hits on there. Um, and I'm just like, you know, it just shows how much money there is in that business that you keep lending money to somebody you know hasn't paid somebody back in the past you know I, and that's uh, i just don't need well, something that's another topic but i do wonder how how that ultimately turns out for these people now it's 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 unbelievable and I, if you don't mind i'll take us off on a little bit of a tangent yeah um, this was months ago months ago like six months ago no no pre-pandemic so 2019 okay <laughs> we've been stuck inside so long that i forget what timelines are right um <laughs> But uh, um, I was uh, I was in Barrie. I live up in Barrie, um, and uh, uh, I was stopping off at a, a tiny, a little crappy Chinese restaurant, picking up dinner on the way home. It was late. It was like eight thirty, nine o'clock. I was coming out of the, the city. The crappy restaurant sometimes the best food. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It's good. <laughs> and uh, and, and uh, but so it's in this little crappy strip mall, and it's like I don't know. Like I said, around nine o'clock on a Sunday night. Okay. And, uh, and right beside it is one of these payday loan places. Okay. This place, it's all brand new, like, uh, porcelain counters, porcelain floors, all lit up. And I swear to God, there is five, six people in there working. This is nine o'clock on a Sunday night. You are telling me you're doing that much revenue. Like 
something doesn't seem right with that business model. Like, you know, like not from, from them making money, <laughs> from them making money, it, it certainly seems right. I mean, from, you know, the predatory practices that they're putting on people that just can never afford to catch up, you know, it's, yeah. it's crazy. So that's, that's um, so, unfortunate, but how people make money from other people's misery sometimes. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. And that was just an, uh, a shocker to me. I actually called my wife, who, uh, who was my fiance at the time. And I was just like, you'll never believe what I'm looking at right now. And, you know, because I was waiting for, excuse me, waiting on the fo- on uh, on the food. So it was uh, crazy. So anyway, back to topic. Um, that kind of, uh, that gives you an idea. Um, once we've gone through all of the references, then all of my checks come back to us. Um, and then we make our recommendation to our clients. We don't ever put a client into a property, uh, sorry, we don't put a tenant into a property uh, without the client being fully vetted on the file. The clients make the decision, we don't make the decision, um, just so that, uh, you know, there's never a person in my client's uh, property that they don't know about. When you guys tell the clients about the tenant, do you give them like a score or do you just say, look, everything checks out, they look, I would, you know, if it was my house, I would take them. How would you tell that? Um, so it's a good question. Um, I wish I, I wish I had a, a, a blanket statement for all. Um, I tend to walk them through the process. And um, then I would say, I would recommend them because of this, or I wouldn't recommend them because of this. Now, I'd like to tell you that my clients take my recommendations all the time. They don't. Um, I just rented a, a, a big single family place in Mississauga. And I gotta be honest with you, I didn't want those tenants in there. There was a, there, it was a family, um, you know, but a bunch of them weren't working, uh, you know, collecting CERB, which is, you know, kind of the way we are right now. But, you know, um, you know, I, for me, I, I didn't like them. And I recommended to the, to the owner, I, I wouldn't put them in and he wanted to go forward. So we did, and they're, they're paying rent. Hopefully keeps that yeah. going. I mean, ultimately it's the client's decision, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, um, you know, one thing I want to tell everybody is you can do the best tenant selection process possible, but life happens. You know, uh, people get divorced, people lose jobs, people get into drugs and alcohol and and like life changes. Um, That's why it's important to have somebody uh, watching your, your, uh, your um, property as well, because the best person today is the worst person tomorrow. So, you know, you want to make sure that you understand what these guys and girls are doing, keep on top of them in a professional way and, uh, and ensure that, you know, you, you really have a good concept of what's going on at your property. So uh, I want to ask you a question uh, regarding that. Um, and then I want to circle around how you actually find the tenants and how you advertise. But let's, let's ask you this one. When you have, when a tenant is in, uh, how do you monitor uh, that tenant? Like how often do you visit? How do you check up on these issues, uh, whether there's damage in the house and so forth? So it's a good question. Um, the first uh, layer of that is uh, every six months we inspect the property. So every six months, one of my property managers puts feet on ground, takes a uh, checklist through, checks everything in the property. What we're really looking for is two things. Thing one, the people that we think are in that property are the people that were are in that property. You know, we don't we don't walk in and and you know uh, there's 50 beds set up in in the basement. You know, um, there's a grow up. You know, set up. It's it. Yeah. It's crazy to me. Um, you know, they made uh, marijuana legal 
And now everybody thinks that they can grow it in their, in the property. You know, I'm like, you know, alcohol has been legal for a long time. I have never, ever come into a place that's got a still set up in the, uh, in the garage, like, you know, or a big bathtub full of gin, you know, like, uh, uh, but you know, all of a sudden marijuana got legalized and, and it's crazy out there. So it's uh, legal for everyone to grow four plants. I heard. So is it from a tenant? Do you guys have an issue if they grow that? I have an issue if they grow it indoors. Okay, so okay. we put we put it in, we put in our our standard lease that you know you cannot grow uh, you know marijuana plants indoors because it's the humidity you know um, uh, uh, that's what's the killer and it's the silent killer because you don't know what's behind the walls once something like that happens unless you start pulling things apart so um, you know we're we're very careful you know to look for for signs like that. Um, so, uh, um, that's the first step is, you know, we do that mandatory check every six months. It's a alarm that comes up in my system and says, beep, go see Philippe at one, two, three park drive. Uh, you know, um, and so, you know, that process goes through there. When you um, mentioned the two steps, uh, that you, uh, you do, you said that you check that the tenants are the right people. There's no oh. damage. Was there a second thing? Uh, yeah. So thing number one is, uh, tenants thing. Number two is damage. Okay. And okay. we're looking not so much the overt stuff. Of course, we're looking for the overt stuff, holes and walls and, and, and what have you. But what we're looking for honestly is we're under ca uh, um, countertops, um, anywhere where water can, can get into the house because tenants don't report leaks in taps. It's like, it's like, uh, <laughs> written on a stone tablet someplace and you'll say to them how long has this been going on oh months like you know um we have a website where they can go on report a problem like that we'll come in we'll fix it no muss no fuss we don't hassle them you know it's it couldn't be easier and yet they still don't do it so um, <laughs> and and it's funny um just a, a like a funny story about this is um um we, we love a, stories yeah <laughs> i got lots uh, <laughs> uh we had a new build uh in oakville it was a townhouse and um and on the backsplash the the um builder didn't silicone the granite on the backsplash so whenever they were washing dishes hit the backsplash go straight down so we opened it up and you know we saw the water damage you know took 33 cents of silicone and and one minute to fix and you know that's a problem that could have been thousands of dollars in damage for you know for that and and i get people all the time you know that that call me up to do their spec stuff and uh and it's like oh it's brand new you're not gonna have uh, you know anything to do oh my gosh i spend more time at brand new places than i do at a, a, a property that's 25 years old because there's just so many things that you got to work with the builder on and right. and it's not going to do it and you don't want to do it as mr and mrs owner so that's why you have me in place to do those things so um yeah new builds i find are the most work to get them up and running hmm. second second most amount of work people who lived in their property because when you live in your own property you put up with a lot of things that you know are just the way they are Right. Tenants, don't, tenants don't put up with that. So um, when I first come into a property that an owner's occupied, and, and we get these all the time, um, because people are upgrading, they want to keep the wealth in their system, they're going to um, uh, different countries to work different jobs and, and don't want to lose their property. So uh, those are those are the second most amount of work to get them up to speed. Yeah, makes sense. 
<laughs> um, so I know you mentioned a four-step process of how you um, screen a tenant all the way to how they lease. How do you actually advertise? Where do you advertise to find those tenants? It's a good question. It honestly depends on the property. Okay. Um, so we rent, we have, you know, basement apartments, um, you know, all the way up to million dollar homes in, you know, Oakville, Etobicoke, right on the water. Um, so these are, are different spectrums. So we advertise based on what the clientele is that we're looking to attract. So some of my lower stuff is, you know, primarily internet based, um, you know, we use different rental sites. Um, Which ones would you use? What's that? Which ones would you use? Which sites um, would you use? Like first, first and foremost, I'd say Kijiji is, you know, the the biggest outlet that people are looking for. Okay. Um, you know, Facebook, um, Facebook is is good. Um, uh, there's a couple of rental sites that uh, that I'm signed up to. That um, once you hit them, they disseminate over hundreds and hundreds of, of different sites. The only problem is a lot of these sites, you got to be a little bit careful um, because they keep these listings live forever mm. because they like the, you know, they like the robustness of their site. You know, we have 10,000 units available real in reality. There's a hundred, right? Um, so you got to just be a little bit careful with that, but on the low level stuff, you hit those those ventures, you're going to go across it. You know, um, as we move up in the spectrum all the way up, we'll start to get into MLS. Um, you know, when we're looking at who who we want in that property, if we're thinking this is a property that um, you know foreign uh, uh, business people are going to take, um, you know. People come in all the time for, you know, work, uh, you know, they come in to work for a year, they need a family home, et cetera, et cetera. You know, these people, they are using realtors, okay? They're using realtors to find their homes. People who are, people who are renting like my big stuff, my $4,000 a month, and I know you say, oh my God, $4,000 a month is crazy. I have it all over the place. Um, right. You know, uh, people, people pay that. Um, I have a couple that uh, are in one of my properties in Etobicoke and, uh, they're in that property because paying a crazy amount of, of rent, um, but it's it's the value of that property. They want to live in that area, they think, but they wanted to test drive the area with the schools and the neighborhoods and everything um, to see if that was actually a place that they wanted to make a $5 million investment, right? So Makes sense. That's a lot know, of money. Yeah, it is. And, and you know, they were coming from Amsterdam. Uh, so, you know, they're really throwing a dart at a wall to an area that they think they want to be in. Right. Not just so happens the area is amazing. So, um, but uh, anyway, long story short, uh, you know, it really, you really got to understand um, the people who are, are going to be renting your place, the kind of clientele that you're looking for. And you got to be honest with yourself. You know, if you are renting a single a single bedroom in Hamilton, I'm going to tell you, they're going to have a pet. They're going to smoke and they're going to do drugs. That is just the nature of the people you are going to have. If you don't want those three, get out of Hamilton. Okay. Um, what a, is there a cutoff? Like, so uh, if you have a single family home and you want to rent it to one family, I would assume that is a type of home that you want to put on MLS or would you try Facebook and Kijiji first? What's the cutoff well, between? Um, it's a good question. We'll try everything in our regular format 
at the very beginning because sometimes we get lucky, okay, um, and you get a good hit. Uh, we'll probably do it for one to two weeks. We don't like to sit it around too long um, because the nature of rentals is it's not like um, buying a house. You know right away if you got the right price point, um, if you've got the right market because you'll get the calls. It'll happen like that. You know, right. it, 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 you don't you don't sit and wait on the calls, right? So if we don't get a call on a property within the first couple of days that we put it up, then we know we missed the mark. Right, and then it's probably a price thing, and then you just gotta drop thing. it a bit. Yeah. Okay. Good. Uh, one of the questions uh, I have a lot of the time when I help people buy investments or whatever, everyone talks about horror stories. Now, I don't want to talk about horror stories yet, but <laughs> what happens the first of the month what should people do when the tenant has not paid rent nothing the the month. nothing because if you do something on the first of the month the landlord tenant board is going to look at you like you are an ogre they, <laughs> um although the rest of us in the world have to pay our bills on time the landlord tenant board does not feel the same way about tenants okay so um, what we do is we wait till the fifth of the month. I get a report on the fifth of the month and anybody who hasn't paid at that time, we start issuing N4s. Okay. okay. So the N4 is the start of the eviction process. Doesn't mean you're going to evict somebody. Doesn't mean anything. It just tells them that if they don't pay in this time frame, then you're going to take it to the next level. Okay. How much time do they get? Like 30 days or something like that? No, you get, uh, we give them 14 days. The, the period's actually 10, but we give them a mailing time as well. Um, we hand deliver them all, but 14 days is, is what we do to, it, it also makes us look a little more human at the landlord tenant board. And trust me, these things all come back. So um, it gives them 14 days to clear their debt. After that, then we are free to apply for a, um, a uh, hearing to, uh, to start the, or not, to have them evicted. Now, in this time right now, there is no evictions, but the landlord tenant board is still hearing. So you can get an order for eviction right now. You just have to wait until evictions are legal again to do the eviction. Okay, that is good to know. So fifth day before you officially give them a notice. That's right. Now my system, um, we use a, a, a really fantastic system that um, that uh, is, I call it active instead of passive on rent collection. So um, the day before rent is due, my system will actually send the tenant an invoice and say, hey, rent's due tomorrow. Um, or sorry, it's actually two days. Um, uh, two days before it's due. Hey, rent's due in two days. Here's the amount. Have a nice day. Instead of the old way of sitting back and, and waiting for you know the checks to come in. Now, right. my system also works with web banking. So people can go now on their web bank, pay it like their telephone bill or, or, or their water bill or whatever. So um, they can go and pay that. We don't, <coughs> excuse me. We have a couple of people who are, you know, still check wise, got a little old lady in a basement apartment and buried. She's always going to be checks. Now she's awesome. So I don't really mind it, but, sure. um, but you know, like I, I would say Philippe in my system, 3% of people pay by check maybe another 2% still do internet transfers. Everybody else uses my system because it's so easy. Why wouldn't you, you know, like right. it's, it makes it easy. Now, um, in saying that, my system will also say, tell um, trigger uh, the day after the rent is due, send them another email saying, hey, rent's due, you haven't paid. And I can set that to go as often as, as I want. Um, you just gotta walk a very thin line of, and I know this is crazy, 
um, but harassing, you know, the tenant versus just trying to collect. Okay. So, um, you know, if you're calling them every day and you're sending them emails and texting them and, and showing up and blah, blah, blah. I know that, you know, you owners out there are going to say, yeah, that's what you need to do. It's not going to look very friendly at the landlord right. and board. So, and when they launch a harassment suit against you, you will have to defend that at the landlord tenant board. And if they are successful, you're just going to get mired in your eviction, you know? So, um, you know, we find it's easy. It's easier to be professional, treat people like humans, stiff hand, firm hand, but not a hard hand. And we get a lot better things. Now, most of the people that we issue N4s with, and they're just, they just got lazy, forgot, whatever. Um, generally, that N4 will get people back into shape. So, okay. uh, you know, we issue them all the time um, and it just gets people back in back in shape. Okay, good. Um, what happens or how do you approach a situation where you need to get the tenant out at that point? Like they're either not paying or something drastic has happened and they're obviously need to go. How do you handle that? Um, I've got a couple of paralegals that work uh, work with us, um, and uh, once we've issued the N four, um, you know, or if you're you know you're you're issuing documentation for uh, uh, you know uh, damage, um, you know um, uh, um, unwillful letting you know not letting other people in the property live you know a quiet and and, uh, and uh, happy existence. That happens. Um, so the paralegal then takes up the slap, um, takes up the ball, uh, applies for our hearing. Um, once the hearing pops up, paralegal represents us at the hearing. Um, the owners don't have to be a part of this process at yeah. all. We handle it all. Um, I can't represent the owners at landlord tenant board. Um, you either have to be the owner or you have to have legal representation. Paralegal is legal enough. Um, so they will, they'll handle uh, all of that at, uh, at landlord tenant board. We get the uh, order for eviction and then we evict them. So you're a professional a property manager. And uh, why I'm saying this uh, aloud is because you always hire a paralegal to help you with an eviction. So anyone out there that's just doing their own tenants should always hire a paralegal no matter what, right? To do an eviction? Uh, to me, it's worth it. It's worth the stress. Um, listen, I go to landlord tenant board because we'll go and, we'll go and uh, be um, uh, witnesses uh, on the owner's behalf. Um, and I see tons of owners representing themselves. I don't get it personally. Um, you know, it's worth to me the money to make sure it's done right. People say things that they shouldn't say at landlord tenant board. They do things that they shouldn't do. This is why you should have professionals representing you, um, you know, even from a property management side. I keep so many of my clients out of their out of their own problems just because I'm not it's not personal to me. It's it's a business. Okay? Right. Um, I'm in the business of collecting rent on your behalf and making your investment increase in value. Um, to you, it's your property and it's your baby and you can't understand how the government can let them get away with this and the system's broken. I know the system's broken. The problem is the reason why the system is broken is because the landlord's broken. Okay, we, we were so bad in the past that now it errors so far on the other side, you know, and uh, I still I belong to a bunch of landlord tenant boards. I get comments on them all the time where where, you know, like people who are getting into the business of being landlords, they, they say the most ridiculous things. And I'm, I'm just like, 
even in this day and age, people are still trying to, you know, write illegal leases and do illegal things and illegal evictions. And like, I, I, I just can't even, I can't even fathom it. Uh, going back to your question about evicting a problem tenant, how long should it take if you follow the steps to get a tenant out? So in regular times could take 60 to 90 days. Okay. Right now it's in perpetuity. Uh, we are, I've got two actions um, holding, um, both are for non-payment of rent, but one is also for um, um, quiet enjoyment of the, uh, of the property. So we're looking for uh, to get a uh, emergency hearing. I've had a, um, a application in for an emergency hearing now for two months. Um, and we have affidavits from the tenants, uh, the other tenants about, you know, how this, this, uh, person is, is behaving in the property and we're still waiting. So right now there is such a backlog. They're still handling all of the evictions, all the orders that came through before Ford stopped evictions on the first time. So they had all of these eviction orders in place and then Ford said no evictions COVID. So all of that went by the wayside and that backlog still hasn't even been cleared. So, um, you know, it's, it's going to be a while, um, until we get, um, until we get, uh, um, you know, this, this, uh, this process caught up with it, itself, but the good news is this time landlord tenant board is hearing people where last time they just shut down to be, uh, completely. You mean like in the first quarantine in the spring? Correct. Okay. Well, that's good news. Um, do you want to give us any insight of how to how people are able to, you know, because a lot of people didn't pay rent. You mentioned that at the beginning and Ford was saying, don't pay your rent. How did that turn out and how did you guys handle that? So um, what we did was, uh, first of all, we communicate with everybody. Okay, Sent everybody email, text, phone call about, listen, here's the state of the situation. We know these are tough times. Uh, we're here to help you know, uh, we can set up payment plans, we can do whatever you like. And the beautiful thing is my system is very robust. So if I've got a, <clears throat> excuse me, if I've got a tenant paying $5 a day, my system will track it and reconcile it. So, you know, it's very simple for me. Oh, you um, can break it down like that where they can just make small payments. Absolutely. You know, um, and I can tell you at any given time who owes what in what place, you know, however, and so can my owners because they can go through their portal and, and look as well. Um, but really what we tried to do was just do two things. One, let them know we're here for them. The worst thing they can do is stop answering calls. Okay. Um, you know, like we're not, we're not here. You got to pay your rent. You know, you owe it to the, to the owner. We don't, we don't, we never handled it like that. Um, so what we got was, you know, people telling us, Hey, I'm out of work. Um, I'm at home. I'm on serve. This is that I'll pay this. I'll pay that. But we just wanted to remind them that when all this is over and they acquire $5,000, $10,000 in, 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 in non-payment of rent, well, they're never going to be able to pay that back. Never. And we're never going to forgive it. So, you know, let's work together to keep them on the right page. And, and we've done well, like I said, I've only got two that, that haven't. So, um, you know, I've heard horror stories of, of people, their whole systems are, are in, in zero revenue, you know, and, and, you know, these bank deferments, once again, those guys are like payday loans, you know, the bank will let you defer your payments, but still charge you interest on everything, you know, like it's ridiculous. Yeah, that's, uh, that is nuts. Uh, what, what system do you use? Uh, it's called PayProp. 
Um, and uh, and if anybody's looking to get connected with it, uh, if you've got multiple units, um, hit Philippe with a with a direct message, and then he can hit me, and I'll I'll put you in touch with them. I don't make a commission on it, but uh, it's a great payment platform. Um, you know, super easy to use, super easy for the tenants. Um, uh, and uh, my sales rep, she could use all the uh, she could use all the leads she could get. So no problem. Okay, perfect. How do people? Uh, how would people connect with you, Mike? Um, you can hit me on my website, uh, www.gmpproperties.ca. Um, you can uh, email me direct, Mike at gmpproperties with an S. .ca. Um, either way, I'll uh, I'll uh, I'll answer you back. Even if you've got some questions on what I've said today, um, even if you've got some comments on what I said today, I'd welcome them. Yeah, we love, we welcome comments. You know, it's, it's funny though. Uh, I do have one golden rule um, that I follow religiously. I do not manage properties where the owners live on site. Okay. Mm. The reason why I learned the hard way, you know, um, if you've got a tenant below and he's smoking weed, you you call me, Hey, smoking weed like that. And anyway, I, I constantly get people like, Hey, I got a basement apartment. I want you to rent out. They never understand. I had a guy last night call me from Milton and, and he's like, yeah, I got I just finished my, my build out. I want you to come in. I'm like, sorry, man, if you live there, I don't, I don't do it. Why are you so offended? I'm like, it's nothing against you personally, bro. It's just, I've learned from, from my past mistakes and, and uh, you know, it, it's actually BNI is what it, where it taught me. Cause I took a BNI guys um, property on, this is way before your time, but uh, I took a BNI guys property on, and uh, it was his business upstairs and he rented the basement apartment and it was a piece of everything every day. Oh, the garbage isn't where it's supposed to be. Oh, you know, he's playing loud music. Oh, you know, and I'm just like, oh. yeah, it becomes too personal, right? Yeah. 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 And, you know, like, oh, he said something to my wife and oh, I'm like, oh. <laughs> like if it was a regular tenant situation, I'd be like, hello. Oh, goodbye. You know, like, because we don't manage those types of things. Like, um, you know, we don't, we try to manage relationships by putting the right people in place. But at some point, you just can't, you know, right. like, I had a tenant call me up and say, can you call the, this is a duplex we have, can you call the people next door and tell them not to make coffee so early in the morning, the smell bothers me. Like, what? What? What do you, what do you say? You just say, sorry, that's. Not within our skills. Or, yeah, exactly. I'm like, no, I, I, well, my brother will say it. This is why he handles the tenants. Cause he'll say it nicely. You're wasting my time with this phone call. Don't call me again. <laughs> but my brother will say it a lot more diplomatically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. But like quite often, like I had a, I had a woman, um, in, in a, in a 16 place multiplex we run. And it's like three o'clock in the afternoon. And she's like, yeah, the neighbor uh, uh, below us is playing the music too loud and I'm trying to sleep. And I'm like, okay, well, call the police. And, uh, and she says, well, they won't do anything. It's three o'clock in the afternoon. There exactly. you go. <laughs> and I, and, and uh, same place, actually, there's a multi-unit beside it. And uh, sorry, I'll tell you this one last story and I won't waste your time. Oh, but, no, uh, I'm here for you. <laughs> is, this is how people personalize things. So, I pulled in, we were doing something. We do a bunch of projects there. I love this place. And there's a multiplex right beside it. And the owners were there and they're like, are you the property manager? And, uh, and I said, oh, yeah, I am. And, and uh, they say, well, what, what services do you do? And I said, well, you know, like we, we run the whole place, you know, um, uh, you know, and they're like, well, we don't see Dave around here anymore. And I'm like, Dave's the owner. I'm like, good, good thing you don't. He's not supposed to be here. I've told him not to be here because when owners don't 
let the property go, it becomes unattainable for us to manage it. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's too many hands in the pot, right? Anyway, yeah. um, so I was like, oh, this is great. I'm going to get a multiplex right beside my multiplex, cuts my travel time down, you know, makes makes great equations, right? No, that wasn't the case at all. Um, it was a couple, an uh, old couple, and they were so invested in their tenants, like they were in their lives, you know, and they're like, well, um, uh, you know, one of your tenants is dancing out in the parking lot and my, one of my tenants is offended by it. I'm like, are they doing anything lewd? Uh, are they naked? No. Well, then call the police. Well, the police won't do anything. Um, you know, why don't you? I'm like, I said, lady, you you run your own property. What, what can I do? You know, like if the guy's not breaking any rules, this in the parking lot, you know, like, uh, it, it, you know, if the police aren't going to do anything, what am I going to do? You know, if like, anything, there should be more people dancing in the parking lot. These days. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, I think, is a little bit off his rocker, but uh, he pays his rent, you know. The world um, needs more positivity. <laughs> but, but, uh, like, my point, though, you know, like, uh, people get invested in this stuff. I don't. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I, I want your property to make money. I want it to be treated well. I want it to appreciate. That's all. You know, after that, I, I'm, I'm done. You know, I don't need to know what little Jimmy's, you know, got on his science test. It's not it's not germane to investing, you know. So it's actually, you know, what you bring up a point because so basically it's just good advice to just keep it business for tenants. Right. In the I, long term, because I will tell you 100 percent of the time where I've done a tenant a solid for whatever reason, it has come back and bit me in the ass. And as soon as they don't like, you're like, oh, build good relationships, da, 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 da. My brother always says this, okay? Tenants are good until they're not good anymore. You know, so they forget when you bent over backwards to do something for them. You treat them like humans, okay? You treat them professionally, no problem. But like, if you think that, you know, busting your hump for a tenant creates, you know, loyalty, it does not, you know, like people are people, you know, and when, if they, if in order to get ahead of their own lives, screwing you is part of it, you're getting screwed, man. I'm sorry to say. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean that, and that makes sense. Right. And then if you hire a property manager, just, just let them do their thing. Right. Absolutely. Step back, walk away. You know, um, I I've got so many clients, they don't even live in North America, you know, like it's, not like they drive by every, you know, like, and, and I've had clients in the past, um, a, a couple come to my mind, but, uh, you know, I said to them, you know, if you back off this property, I can do a good job for you. No problem. I don't want to be involved anymore. La, 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 la. Yeah, they're there every day, uh, you know, uh, talking to tenants, you know, getting it. I did. I fire them. Um, you know, I just, I say, listen, we're no longer doing business, you know, like I can't. I, I I can't live like that, you know, like I assume you give them like a warning and if they you just like tell them, hey, look, oh, this is the way it's got to be. And then if they just keep doing of, it. Yeah, there's a ton of dialogue around it. You know, um, it's really it'll come to the head where I was here again today. And, you know, these flyers were, you know, uh, on the floor in front of the mail slots or something stupid like that, you know, and it's just like, that's it. Done. Done. <laughs> you know? I like how there's a it's like a it's a organizing uh, you know, uh, property management, there's a lot of BS, but you just got to agree. You just got to have a model just to have no BS at all. Just cut it all out and then just get down to business. Right. Absolutely. And, and if you do that, you can make money. If you don't, you won't make money. You will go out of business. Before we kind of finish off, is there any, 
of your favorite stories being in the business that you want to share with us? Uh, anything come to mind that is like, oh, this crazy situation happened or anything like that? Well, I've got a recurring theme of, 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 of a story that's happened to me on a number of occasions. And once again, why you, you need a professional. Um, so when we go to enter a place, and this doesn't matter if it's a great tenant or if it's not a great tenant, we serve them notice, notice of entry, okay? 24 hours. We usually give them 48 because it's the kind of guys we are. Um, you know, just because <laughs> we also want to, you know, our, our problem tenants, we probably tighten it up to 24, but our good tenants, we don't want them to feel like, you know, uh, big brother's watching. Um, so we'll advise them by telephone, we'll advise them by email, and then we'll post at the property that, that the notice to enter. So, and our notice to enter is always in a specific time frame, um, you know, for, for this. I continually, um, at least once or twice a year, find tenants naked in their apartments, walking around and for some reason or another they're not good looking people that i want to see naked so <laughs> to you future tenants out there i don't want to see you naked stop <laughs> being naked when i come <laughs> yeah well you just need to get better looking tenants in the properties right <laughs> <laughs> but are, are you looking for a rental fully <laughs> Are you saying I'm a, I'm, I'm a cut above or? No, I'll um... take you. You're a good looking. You're a good looking. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, my wife just walked by and she wasn't naked. So that's a Zoom success, right? <laughs> I'm wearing pants today. That's a Zoom yeah, success. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> just kidding. I'm wearing pants. Uh, all right, Mike, anything else you want to add? I, I really, I thought this was really informational. I think a lot of people can use this advice to help them in their to get tenants and uh, rental properties. Uh, anything else you want to add? Um... Uh, I would say um, to, to the public out there, don't get mired in, this, in the horror stories. Everybody loves to tell you the horror stories. It's just like Vegas. Everybody always tells me how much they win in Vegas. Nobody ever tells me how much they lose. Um, but I've been to Vegas and Vegas isn't built on winners. Um, but uh, <laughs> don't get caught up in, in the horror stories. Um, like I said, one to two percent problematic um now it's not to say i don't have problems through my system that that we take care of as professionals um but i'm a firm believer in uh building wealth through uh residential uh rentals um you know if uh you know it's it's my own personal retirement program um i uh, i really think there's a lot of value for it so um don't be afraid of the system but Build a property manager into your cost model. Spend your time doing what you do. Let your property managers work on the wealth of your investments. What are the costs of property managers? Um, everybody's kind of different. Um, it's usually a percentage of rent. Um, sometimes it's, um, it's uh, uh, um, you know, it might be, uh, you know, a fee per door, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I will tell everybody out there, be very careful about your contracts that you sign. Okay. Um, a lot of property managers have very low front end percentages, but then in their back end, it's menu pricing. And I even saw one person, they charge for phone calls. And I really don't know how you can validate that other than if you need more revenue this month, maybe you make more phone calls. I don't know, but uh, be very careful on your contract. Um, generally, it's a percentage of, uh, of rent that, uh, that you're going to uh, you're gonna pay. Build it into your model. And, uh, and make your investment wisely like that. 
Where are the good old days where phone calls used to be free, right? <laughs> phone calls are free. <laughs> there you go. Mike, thank you so much for uh, telling us all the tips. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. Philippe, I appreciate it. It's been fun. Take care. Hey guys, hopefully you enjoy the show. Thanks for listening and check out some of these bloopers. Great. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, I thought that went really, really nice flow. Yeah, I thought so too. Good conversation. Nice, uh, nice and nice and easy. You made me give up too much secrets. <laughs> and welcome to the show, Mike. Well, thanks, Duke. Uh, one, one little correction though. It is GMP, not uh, GMC. But uh, other than that, you've got it right. All right, let's do it again. But I'm pretty sure I said GMP. <laughs> okay. We'll put that on the blooper reel. Yeah!